everybody to the extended cut. Ryan Maloney's joining me today. We have some things to talk about, my man. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. Dude, I heard you said some things about me on Sunday. I want you to say them to my face. Well, you're, the microphone's covering most of your face, which is a which is good. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you- I said I said your sermons are boring. I said that they're easy to sleep through, and I congratulated people that made it through it. And so, yeah, I said no. We all need that. to go through specific quotes. You said "feather in your hat," cap, cap. Yeah, well, maybe you should go back and listen to it. I said "feather in your cap," snooze fest. I called you a snooze fest, and it was all a joke. It, it goes back to Brian Kirkland's philosophy of. We don't take ourselves too serious, and nobody takes you serious, Russell. So we're following. Wow. What else did you say? I heard there was another little nugget in there about midway through the sermon. Midway through the sermon. Uh, did you preach the text? It was Psalm 15. Did you even get to the text? I did. Or was this just all bash on Russell time? No. It, it, as I was preaching, the Holy Spirit kept saying, go back at Russell. <laughs> oh, the Holy Spirit was leading you <laughs> well, to I'm do not this. sure. I'm pretty but, sure Psalm 15 says, let me see here. Uh, do not slander with his tongue. It does. However, however, it also says, verse two, who speaks the truth in their heart. Oh. That's when I went back and I said, I'm accomplishing verse two. So who you speaks really, the truth in their heart. So Is Russell Johnson's sermons, are they a snooze fest? Truth. Speak it. Boom. Got it. Got it. Can we also say we have Michael Funderburk in here? He's on his lunch his, break. Eating his potato chips right behind me. Laughing as hell. <laughs> Mike Funderburg clearly is, he brought his lunch from home. This is great. I'm glad he packed his lunch. Caleb and probably packed it for him. Kay- Caleb packed his lunch for him. Um, and Spider-Man lunchbox. <laughs> Spider-Man lunchbox. Trapper keeper. Trapper. <laughs> Remember Trapper Oh, keeper? yeah. And he decided to sit in here and listen to us do this podcast. Yeah. We feel sorry There's for Mike. There's nobody else listening right now to this podcast. <laughs> right. Let's get to it here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I will say this. I'm a little disappointed that the people at Lexington, after listening to you mm-hmm. slander me, causing harm to his friend, discrediting his neighbor. And, I mean, this is what the text says. Casting slurs. Casting slurs. Despising a vile person. You <laughs> just. <laughs> Clearly, after you did all of that online, my phone did not buzz one time. No one came to my defense. No one said anything. I'm a little hurt. I'm surprised no one came and said, oh, Russell, your sermons aren't a snooze fest. But but the silence tells me clearly there's a snooze fest going on, and I've got to do something. Wow. I'm hurting. Probably makes you wonder, doesn't it? Makes me wonder. I'm I'm putting in putting in the I'm putting in the work this week so that my sermon is not a snooze fest on Sunday. Good luck. <laughs> luck. Four three three five Augusta Highway is Rocky Creek's address. Whoa! <laughs> if we want a real sermon, we go right down there, huh? Wow. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. All right. Well, did you? Did you get anything else out of Psalm 15? I mean, not really. No, not that really. That was about it. <laughs> that was about it. No, in all seriousness, we talked about, you know, as we as we looked at some of the Psalms, we were looking at character traits of God, and it's right there in verse one, the holiness. Hmm. And so we spent a lot of time talking about really what David's question here is: is who who can approach that? 
who can approach God in all of his holiness? And so trying to spend some time early on talking about his holiness. So one question we always ask ourselves in this podcast is if you had more time, I would have spent more time on that, on how serious God's holiness is. Yeah. Um, so we talked about... How would you have done that? Well, I, I would have talked about how we have such a man-centered view of sin. We don't often... Uh, I can't take these guys serious, man. I mean, I, I, it's hard to focus in here. Andy just told Mike that he can hear him chewing his sandwich. <laughs> so he moved over there. Mike's back, flashback to the middle school, eating lunch by himself. Oh, ooh, wow. He's laughing wow. at that. Though. Got kicked off the table and now he's Stay having to... focused here. I'm going to stay focused. Yeah. Um, we were trying to talk about the holiness of God. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks, I Mike. I just slandered and hurled another insult. Um, uh, no, you know, you talk about we have such a man-centered view of sin... I love David Platt does this in one of his deals where he talks about the seriousness of God's holiness. He talks about the guy picking up sticks hmm. on the Sabbath. That's just, in hmm. num- I think it's in numbers struck dead. Yeah. Um, even in the new Testament, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they lie about their money. Hmm. So there's all these, and we just don't think about that much. Um, Ark of the covenant guy reaches out, Boom, he's obliterated. So we talked about it some on Sunday, but if I'd have had more time, I think you, you could do a whole sermon just on, on really how separate, how other, how different God is from us. And, man, you just... Yeah, which necessitates the question in verse 1. Who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? If you were to think back to the giving of the law, the holy mountain, I mean, the people were scared to death. Exodus 20, they were scared to death. Matter of fact, that's what Moses says. Hey, God doesn't want you to be scared. He wants you to fear him because he is holy. I mean, it was thunder, lightning, earth shaking, smoke, trumpet. I mean, all of that stuff's going on. You think about any mountaintop experiences, there's been some crazy stuff happening. Even when Jesus and the, when he went on the the mountain and did the the whole transfiguration thing, that's crazy. Well, and even some of the stuff we've studied, right? Like Revelation, you think about John when he mm. sees the Son of Man and he just falls. And Yeah. I, I did mention Isaiah Sunday, but you could have gone more into that, you know, um, so, sinful lips. and t- So so clearly a, a first century Jew, ancient Near East Jew, would have thought about the holiness of God as, like, this is something I can't come to. This is something I don't waltz, to use your words, right? Mm-hmm. I don't waltz into the presence of, of God as if I have the right to be here. Yeah, and you so practically it plays out like if if people's homes are anything like my homes, it's like God's great, God's good, less thing of for our food, buys him shabby fed, gives so that you know mm-hmm. we can either go to sleep or eat. Yeah. And you think about this, the privilege we have to now waltz into his presence because of Jesus. Yeah. That we've got this access that mm-hmm. that would have blown the minds of people. Pre-Jesus, yeah, that you actually could have done that. So trying to get people to feel that. Um, and then I think the big question as you think about going deeper in this is that this is not a psalm about Jesus. Yeah, so you immediately went. You just answered the question. For us, 2,000 years later, yeah, 3,000 years later, you answered the question by being able to say, hey, well, Jesus gives us access, access right. to God. Well, that... I mean, you don't get Jesus anywhere in the text here. So you just have, the person has to feel the weight of 
holy moly, how do you answer this question? Yeah, and that's what, that's what you want, right? You want people to feel the weight. You want them to read these 10 characteristics, which there's even an argument that maybe the verse two is kind of this overarching theme, and then there's seven, right? Like no slander, no wrong, no slur. Regardless, there's, there's 10 things here. You want people to feel the weight of, I can't do 10 of these 10 in one day, hmm. much less for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, you want, you know, kind of the, the deal of the good news is not good till the bad news is really that bad. So you want them to feel the bad news of, I can't do this, but Jesus has done it for you. So that's kind of where we ended up landing. The plane is, well, great. I don't have to do anything. I just, hmm. Jesus paid it all. I live however I want. I watch what I want. I listen to what I want. Yeah. I talk about people or to people how I want. I treat neighbors how I want. No, nah, like there's this call to pursue holiness, even though Jesus has bought that holiness for you. Mm. Um, all that's really difficult to do in 28 minutes, <laughs> or oh, 25 yeah. minutes or whatever. So. Yeah, especially if you want to really flesh out the holy piece of it. Yeah, I think for uh, for me as I read it this week, I, I didn't preach it. Lee Clamp was preaching at um, at Lexington. He he did a great job. I, I think for us the the idea of how much of these are toward other people. So you've got all of this is about neighbor of some way, shape, and form, which is the reason why Israel would have been distinct. They would have been set apart. They would have looked differently. Uh, to the other nations because of how they treated each other. And so um, if if they were going to be a kingdom of priests, if they were going to be this priesthood that was going to declare to the other nations, this is how you relate to God, then you do that by the way you treat other people, mm-hmm. um, which is also, I mean, easy to get to Jesus because that's what he says to us. We're supposed to love God and love others, and uh, that's how they'll know that we are his followers by the way we treat others. And um, I don't know about you, but I just find that incredibly applicable in a world where nearly any time I put, I, I turn on any news outlet, mm. I am hearing constantly about how poorly mankind is treating each other. Yeah. And even today, I have... I have, I mean, I'm watching Christians on social media platforms. I mean, we, it is so easy to slander yeah. Christian leaders. So give some examples. John MacArthur's being hammered because his church is meeting in California and they're showing pictures of a full auditorium, thousands of seat auditorium. Nobody's wearing a mask. He's practicing civil disobedience because California's shutting down churches. Mm-hmm. People on the across the country don't know John MacArthur, don't know his church, don't know anything, are slandering him, saying, "You shouldn't be doing this. This isn't civil disobedience. Those people should be wearing masks." Right? I mean, just laying it down. Mm-hmm. Then you got people like Andy Stanley, J.D. Greer, president of the Southern Baptist Convention, who have shut down church. I say shut down church. They're not worshiping in person Mm -hmm. for the remainder of 2020. And then you got people saying, oh, my gosh, they're terrible. I mean, this is an it is absolutely amazing the time we live in. That's not to mention Trump, Biden, 
Black Lives Matter. Like we haven't we haven't even gotten into any of that. Yeah. That's just Christianity. Christendom right now is slandering each other. Yeah, and it starts early, man. If I, the other thing I thought about for the sermon, if I'd have had time, was some of the middle school girl text threads mm. would make the paint peel off of these walls like crazy, the slandering, the insults, mm. uh, social media. Even I, I, I think Courtney, my wife, showed me something not too long ago about, you know, it used to be like if I got bullied at school, at 3 p.m. it was over. Hmm. Like the bullying, the slandering, the insults, it ended. I got to go home. Yeah, I got get on the bus, dinner. disappear, yeah. And now, man, these 11, 12-year-old girls, they're getting bullied at school and they go home and it's it's multiplied from 3 p.m. till 11 p.m. They go to bed and they wake up at 6 o'clock and they do it all over. And we wonder why. Because of the phone, because oh, of because social phone media, is getting, text, People have yeah. 24-hour access to them. Yeah. Um, it, it's chaos. And it's not just... I'm not picking on middle school girls, but it's it's everywhere. And so yeah. it starts there with the slandering, with the gossip, with the yeah. insults, and then it plays out politically. It plays out um, social media. You know, talked about it's not just what I say, it's what I type. Man, how easy it is to type something about somebody yeah. Yeah. that you would never have the courage is a bad word, but you would never have the boldness mm-hmm. to say to their face. Um, yeah, and and this just this passage is just like hey. You're called to something different. If you want to approach God, you want to approach his holiness, you want to have fellowship with him and enjoy him, these are 10 things that you need to you need to stay away from or, or, or pursue, depending on what it is. So you think about it from an Old Testament standpoint. I mean, we love the stories of uh, Ruth and Boaz, how Boaz takes care of her. We, we love these stories of, um, you know, the nation of Israel, when they did it right, where they they took care of their neighbor. Mm. You go to the New Testament, and we immediately, a lot of times, just want to say, man, thank goodness we're not under the law anymore. But when you think about our responsibility to our neighbor, everybody goes to the Good Samaritan. Everybody talks about how Jesus loved the woman at the well, Zacchaeus, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Those are, I mean, whatever. (laughs) I just mean like we. Good, the good point is, if this we're looking a, at Mike Funderburg looking for help on this. If dude, this we was don't a need sermon, it. people would already be asleep. They'd be missing the heresy. Here. Oh wow, wow! Woman I, at the well, whatever. I good just, I'm whatever. People listening know what I mean. Yeah, they know that I these stories we hear, but my deal is is how much Jesus spoke to this in things like, um, before you go to the altar before you go to worship and you know you have somebody that's against you or that had, there's a conflict that you're supposed to take care of that. Um, I think about Corinthians when it talks about making sure you're in right standing before you take Lord's Supper. Like there are plenty of those passages that make it clear that our horizontal relationships affect our vertical relationship with God. And I just think we have, I just don't think we talk about that enough anymore. And you read Psalm 15 and it's its kind of like you said, hey, let's get to Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for accomplishing right. all this. You live perfect so that, you know, I can have eternal life with God and be in his presence. But that does not diminish verses two through five. That's right. I am supposed to have really good relationships in the way that I treat other people. Yeah, and you, you, I, I, man, I was trying to be really careful, especially online, because um, 
I know at least when we were watching online before we went back live worship, it's easy to get distracted and miss two or three minutes of the sermon, mm. maybe because your kid's doing something crazy, and now you're, you know you're trying to get it back. I didn't want anybody to hear this, read this, and think this is how you save yourself. Like that's clearly not what this passage is talking about. Yeah, you not do these things. Yeah, and I think sometimes we're so quick to run away from do do do, which which is right. You know, we're right to do that that we miss the things God's calling us to. So we went to 1 Peter where it says, be holy because I'm holy. Yeah, Like there is this call not to save yourself, but out of response of being saved, there's some things that we should that we should pursue. Uh, I also think it's interesting to your point, New Testament, Old Testament, verse two says, who speaks the truth from their heart. That's what Jesus does, right? In the New Testament, mm. like you've heard it said, don't murder, anger in your heart. You said it, You've heard it said, don't commit adultery, hmm. lust in your heart. It's exactly where he's looking. So he didn't really, <clears throat> he didn't lower the bar yeah. in the New Testament. That's he actually right. he actually raised it That's in right. terms of law. So Also think about it in terms of the way God reconciled us to himself through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ so that mm-hmm. we could be in right, right relationship. But that's not the only relationship he wanted to reconcile. Mm-hmm. And so uh, even the other night, uh, uh, student worship night, Jesse Harmon preaching the passage uh, about being ambassadors for Christ and that we are in the, minis- in the ministry of reconciliation. Um, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And boy, if there's ever a time where the Christian church I mean, we've got to be about reconciliation. This is this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, we're, we're spending more time throwing barbs at each other uh, based on who's who's worshiping, who's not, who's wearing mask, who's not. Man, we're not even reconciled for with each other, much less out there. Yeah, we we did not much Sunday, but this idea on slandering and gossiping—it's just easier. It takes the focus off of me. Hmm. Like I've got shortcomings, but if I can talk about yours, mm. then maybe, and maybe that's what I'm doing with my sermon stuff. Maybe this is a counseling session where the reason I'm making fun of your sermons is because I'm insecure about mine. I don't know. I'm just glad like, you finally came to that realization. <laughs> no, I, like uh, <laughs> I, I hear people talk about people's marriages. Mm. And I was like, man, that's a pretty good indicator that maybe yours mm. is really struggling. Mm. And so... I mean, that's what insecurity breeds. Yeah, is is uh, is slander, gossip. So yeah, I, I agree that the the the, uh, the horizontal piece here is huge, and, and that's the other place you could have gone to is love God with all your heart, mind, whatever the verse is. Whatever. I mean, it's just the Bible <laughs> to go to Russell's point. Uh, <laughs> uh, but love your neighbor as yourself. Like how closely those are linked. Clearly, yeah. that's playing out in in this passage. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Short little psalm, um, but I mean, jam-packed, 10 things that we're called to be and called to do. Um, that's great. What else, Ryan? Anything else that you would have as you walk I through just, this? I would say the worship at Lexington is lacking. And so oh. while we have Thunderbird here, I didn't know if there was a reason for that. Or yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Maybe you could have him on next week. I, I've just heard a lot of Little chatter, uh, little chatter, yeah. little slander. <laughs> little slander. <laughs> uh, it's great, Mike. We love you. Glad you're in the room. Thanks for eating your lunch and listening to us talk about Psalm 15. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Ryan, as always, it's fun, my friend. Psalm 73 this week for those that want to read ahead. and It's a long one. It's a long one, but it's a good one, so we'll jump on that this week. And uh, a few more psalms and then the Gospel of Mark. So uh, that's where we're headed over the course of the fall. So good stuff ahead. All right, well, we will do it again next week. I'll have a better guest on, and uh, we'll try to, try to go a little deeper in the Scripture. See you guys then. Bye.